Our scripture today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, um, I spent a lot of time outside this week, which apparently, as allergies go, is a really bad idea. Um, but among the things I did, I, uh, this past Monday, um, Nancy and I and a couple friends were at the Cardinals game, and we wanted to be there, um, not because we're fans of the Cardinals right now, but... <laughs> We still are. Wanted to be there because that was a, a, the possibility of Adam Wainwright getting his 200th career win. Um, it, some people have suggested that moving forward, he might be one of the last ones to get a 200th career win because the game is changing. And so this is a pretty big deal. And, and um, uh, he... Uh, uh, um, he achieved something that only just over a hundred pitchers in the history of the Major League Baseball have done, and so because we're such fans of the game, we we enjoyed being there. We we uh, enjoyed his uh, uh, 200th uh, win and enjoyed when he came out of the dugout. Finally, it took him a long time to come out after the game was over and uh, to be interviewed. And when he came out, you know, one of the things he did was he gave thanks to God. Because he's a good Christian. It's what good Christians do. And then he gave thanks to his wife, because he's a good husband, and that's what good husbands do. And he gave thanks to his kiddos. That's his word for it. And because he's a good father, and that's what good fathers do. As the week went on, um, uh, one of the things that happened uh, on Saturday, yesterday, well, actually, I had a bunch of family in town Friday, and, and we spent time with them, and then Saturday, as my brother-in-law, um, we had his memorial service, uh, and, um, and uh, I invited everybody after the memorial service to come over to our house, and we had 30-something people there, and and uh, um, I think uh, 12 under the age of 8 or something like that. And so if you wanted to talk, you had to raise your voice considerably. Um, but um, I had everybody over because that's what family does, right? That's what you expect. That's what family does. And, and I didn't fix all the food. We didn't fix all the food. But several members of the church brought salads and desserts over to assist us with that because that's what the church does. At the same time, on Saturday, yesterday, here at the church, there was a, a memorial service for Don Wallace, a member of the church who had passed away, saw Mary at the previous service, his wife. And, and, uh, um, but the church, after that, held a, 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 a meal in the room next door there, and, and they did that because that's what the church does, right? It's what the church is supposed to do. It's who we are. And I don't, I don't mean for any of us to, to lift anybody up as a hero in that, but rather to say that, that uh, we do these things because it's innate in who we are. It's, it's who we choose to be, who we, who we want to be, but also maybe in some way how we're supposed to be. We're not simply doing, uh, or we are simply doing what comes natural to us. And we delight in being helpful and useful Generally speaking, we don't always speak love um, in the way that, that God created us to communicate, but we certainly do 
love in the way that we uh, do good things and, and, and show in the, our actions. In this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and somebody, some people call it uh, the Our Father because that's the first two words of the prayer. In this prayer, there's this part on daily bread. And, um, and, and Jesus is praying to the Father in heaven, and in doing so, he teaches us something about the nature of God, about who God is. And, and um, he talks about both in this prayer but also in the, in the Scripture that God delights in providing for us. God's provision for us. God delights in that because that's what God the Father does because that's who he is. It's the nature of God. And so from our uh, scripture today, you remember I read, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then later on in this same conversation that Jesus is giving this called Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 7, it says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, I think by comparison is what he means, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So I want to talk about that, and, and because we're, again, in this series on the, on the those six movements within the Lord's Prayer, and this third movement is daily bread and our asking for it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We talked about the first week, and it was about praising God. And then the second week, we talked about submitting our will to God's will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today is daily bread. So there's a th few things you, you really need to know as we talk about praying for daily bread. And the first is pray with God esteem. I, I think that the whole idea that we have been taught to give our children and it, this self-esteem thing is, um, is a problem. And I, I, ref, I come back to this theme often. Um, I, and the reason I think it is a problem is if you already feel low about yourself, how are you going to give yourself esteem? It makes no sense. Um, and it, it relies on other people, and then you have to choose which people's opinion you're going to believe. Instead, I think it's more important and, 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 and more wise that we allow God to give us our esteem. And uh, so God esteem is both confidence building, but also humbling, which is a proper mix for humanity. In Psalm 8, we read this, and this is King David writing this, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You are crowned with glory and honor. God created you with glory and honor. That should be confidence building. And then it goes on to say, you are a little bit lower than God. So you're not God, and you should put yourself in that proper perspective as well. God is God and you're not. And so that, there's that, that, um, that mix in there of, of, of seeing the divine's um, care for you, God's deep and abiding love for you, 
and in creating you, created you lower than God. Not lowly, but lower than God. So see yourself in that perspective. See that the great God of heaven and earth created you out of a deep sense of love for you, crowning you with glory and honor. And also see yourself as not God. You are, think of this, you are God's gift to the world. And so is everyone else. So as you think about that being lower than God, you are lower than God but equal with one another. And, and, and if you hold those thoughts in tension, God gives you such great um, love and affection, but you're not God. And you're not more loved than anybody around you, but you are loved. Then you begin to get a sense of God esteem. And I think praying with trust in God and God's love for you is praying with God esteem. The second thing I want to talk about is that there is a limit to what the Father will give you. And I know this is a, a theological problem for some people, but hear me out. Jesus says in one particular place of the Bible, if you'll ask it in my name, I'll give you anything. Specifically what he says is in the book of John chapter 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. The in my name is an important part of that. And you have to think of it in, in um, the old uh, medieval times, even, as you think about kings. And, and um, if, if somebody uh, went and pounded on the door of a, another castle and said, open up in the name of the king, what you knew was this person had the authority to enter that building, and that authority came from the king. Now, there was a limit to the authority, though. The authority's limit was whatever I told you to do, you can do no more and no less. Or if, if you uh, watch any old-time uh, um, um, cops and robbers movies, they weren't old-time when I was first watching them, but um, they might say something like, stop in the name of the law. And what they're saying is, is on the authority of the law that I'm called to enforce, Stop what you're doing. But that authority only extended to the extent of the law. You couldn't break the law to enforce the law. That would be against the law. So when Jesus says, in my name, he's granting you authority to ask for anything that he would ask for. That his life and death and resurrection becomes the example for what you ask for in prayer. Being clear, there wasn't a lot of extravagance in Jesus' living. And in Jesus' living, there was just enough to go around. So we, we, we pray it in that sense of recognizing that, <clears throat> that, that Christ wants to give us what Christ has and what Christ would pray for. There's, you remember the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? They made a newer one. But um, think back to that older one. Um, I'm not sure the same conversation is in the newer one. Anyway, um, Willy Wonka, at the end of the movie, he says, But Charlie, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he always wanted. And Charlie says, What happened? And Willy Wonka says, He lived happily ever after. 
Well, that sounds really good, except for remember that um, Veruca Salt and Augustus Gloop and Mike TV got everything they wanted, and it didn't go well for them. So keep it in the context of, of praying for, praying in the name of Christ means um, I'll take whatever the Father provides, and I'll praise him for it. And i got to give you thanks for hot tea right now. You know, um, something interesting about this prayer, <clears throat> nowhere in the Lord's Prayer is a, is a movement of thanksgiving. Did you, have you noticed that? There's no thanksgiving in the Lord's Prayer. However, I think this is a good place to put it. God, give me this day my daily bread, and thank you for what you gave me yesterday. To give a, a word of thanks is... It's an appropriate place for it. The next thing I want you to know about daily bread is don't be surprised if you have to work for it. I wrote this. If you're following along in the devotional, and, and you're welcome to a copy of it if you want one, hey, if you're online, we can send you a digital copy, I think. I just committed my administrative assistant to something she didn't know I was going to. Um, but email us. We'll get it to you. So um, I wrote this for this week. You'll read this this week. In it's, I, I say, in James 2, especially verses 14 to 26, it speaks of the connection between faith and works. A prayer life that does not result in action is simply a person talking to oneself. I believe God's response to our prayer is, I'll provide. You work for it. Verse 17 is clear. Faith without works is dead. Sitting in expectation that God will provide what you've prayed for is no different than rubbing a lamp and demanding a wish from a genie. God's desire is to provide for you. However, part of that provision is that God provided you with the brains, the brawn, the talents, the abilities. And I believe through hard work, you can accomplish much. With God and hard work, you can accomplish much more. Pray for what you need, then go to work trusting God to provide. Now you don't have to do your Tuesday devotion. You got it ahead of time. Finally, I want to say that uh, your prayer is not for you alone. As I've noticed previously, you're not the only one the Father loves. And it may surprise you to learn that the deep affection that God has for you, God also has for the person to your right and to your left, in front of you, behind you, in this room and in your neighborhood, in the county, in the nation, in the world. God's love is equal for all people. And as you think of that, recognize the way that Jesus prays this prayer. Jesus prays, give us this day, our daily bread. It doesn't say me and my. It says us and our. There's an important relational nature to this prayer. As you pray for it, you pray not only for yourself, but you pray that you would be put to work earning for yourself, but also you pray that you would be put to work helping others get what they need in their daily life. 
You know, I think about um, this, what we're doing right now at Living Word, and, and we have this diaper collection that we're finishing up this week, and for, um, it's for families who are low income, um, uh, who have, uh, for new mothers and their babies. Um, and we're doing that through the Sweet Babies ministry that we're involved with. <clears throat> um, we, we're working on volunteers to read at Merrimack School, and, and if, if you're interested in that, great. I'd love to connect you with that. But if you say, you know, I'd like to do something for Merrimack School, not so sure that I'm able to go down there or desire to go down to the inner city. I recognize for some people that's a, that's a, a, a full stop. Um, but there are things that we do that don't involve being at the school. And so if you're interested in helping out with that ministry, just ask me. I'd be glad to help you out, help you get involved. This year we uh, um, have dug 16 wells freshwater wells in Ghana, Africa. If you don't think you're providing for health and life for people, uh, that's clearly one of the ways that we're, we are giving people life. Um, next, we're going to start, you've got to insert in your bulletin, we're going to start collecting for um, uh, the Thanksgiving boxes. And one of the cool things about that ministry that we stumbled upon is all the food that you collect then on, on our trunk or treat for Halloween, one of, the, one of the stops along the way for the children as they go and get candy is to serve, to pack those boxes that will then go to Circle of Concern and then be distributed to families in need. And it's a great way for us not only to give to those who are hungry in our community, but also to give young people a chance to know what it's like to serve, what it means to serve. And then one other I want to lift up is um, we've, we've changed the way we're going to do our ministry at Gambrel Gardens. Our, we're worshiping, uh, providing worship for them, but we're now only doing it every other week. They have a chaplain that's there doing a worship service every other week. So at 10 o'clock every other week, we're going to do that. But we need some volunteers that are willing to say, you know, it, it, it overlaps a little bit. It's a little bit weird because we do, we do 9 o'clock and 10.30, but I'm willing to commit once every month or once every other month to worship with people at Gambrel Gardens. It takes a little bit of training, but I'd be glad to provide that for you. And uh, um, they, they love when you're there and able to be there to, to, uh, uh, to worship with them. So th those are some of the things that are going on that I think are the, our way of providing daily bread of being God's provision for others. So when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, Jesus intended us to make this prayer a social prayer, not just a personal prayer. And I say not just, it's both. It's both social and personal. And it should engender within us the, the desire to, to assure that I get to eat and you get to eat and Everybody at the Rockwood School District gets to eat in Merrimack School in Ghana, and and, and then to recognize that that you very well may be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Think about that. You are God's answer to somebody's prayer. That's what it means to pray that in a social way. Give us this day our daily bread, so that. Those who are unable to do it for themselves, we care for them. In James 2, 15 to 16, it says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? 
If your answer to a beggar's need is a blessing of prayer, give me this day my daily bread is what you're saying. It's not wrong to pray for them, but if you've done nothing to provide for their need, what good is it? I'm not asking. It's there in the Scripture. What good is it? So pray with confidence as a child of the Father, one who is crowned with glory and honor, provided with that God esteem. And pray in the name of Christ, bearing in mind the life that Christ lived as a model for that prayer. And allow his life to be the boundary of that for which you pray. The Bible never says God helps those who help themselves. However, it's fair to say, (laughs) I just love that. It's fair to say that one of the ways God builds our God esteem is through blessing the work that we do. And finally, you can never ignore the social side. Give us this day our daily prayer, daily bread, means praying to be used to ensure that others get what they need as well. And as one final note, as you pray for what you desire, consider praying just as much for what the Father desires for you, his will and his way in your life. Amen and amen.